This podcast episode is brought to you by Iron Source. They know you're here for good content, so they're not going to waste your time with a long pitch. Here are the three things you need to remember and know about Iron Source. Number one, they're developing the most robust data-driven growth engine for mobile games. Number two, their secret sauce is closing the monetization marketing loop to help developers supercharge growth. And number three, they have an awesome Medium blog and podcast called Level Up. You can find it on Medium by searching for Iron Source Level Up. Thanks. Everybody, welcome. Today I'm speaking with Arvind Nilakantan, who is head of Technology India at Unity Technologies. And I had a chance to meet with Arvind yesterday, and we went through a lot of really amazing new updates coming to Unity. I felt these changes were so important that executives and PMs should be aware of these upcoming changes. So what I wanted to focus on today was from an executive or product manager perspective, what are the top three features that we should know about and the implications of these new updates. By the way, for our audience, these are pretty big people, so definitely pay attention. But before we dive in, let's find out a little bit more about Arvind. So Arvind, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and your role at Unity? Absolutely. So thank you so much for having me on this podcast. It's a real honor to be here. I'm a big fan of uh, the construction of one. Great. I am the head of technology for uh, for Unity in the Indian sub in the Indian subcontinent, uh, and that involves me taking care of any of the technology needs that our Unity developers within the subcontinent has. And in this subcontinent, particularly, we have a lot of excitement, uh, a lot of exciting games uh, that are coming here. Uh, and we also, and we must also be knowing that Unity is also not only used for games; it's also used in other verticals like film and architecture, engineering, construction, manufacturing, and whatnot. And all of these verticals are pretty big in India. And I take care of the technology needs of all of these verticals. Great. And so, based on our discussion yesterday, I personally felt like the big three changes coming to Unity were the following: first the dots architecture, second, the scriptable rendering pipeline, and third, multiplayer netcode. So maybe we could first start with the dots architecture. So since we have an audience, not all of whom are developers, like, as I mentioned before, execs and PMs, can you explain kind of in simple terms what dots is and what the potential implications are? So if you look at the evolution of computing and gaming over the last decade, yeah, uh, we can see how different things are with respect to uh, ten years ago. Uh, however, one of the most significant change was moving from a world where almost ninety percent of the code was running on a single thread to a world where we now carry in our pockets hundreds of GPU cores. So we, it's 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 a it's a really requirement for you to design your code efficiently so that they are all running in parallel and also leveraging on your hardware of the device that they're running on. Now, Dots provides developers with a very convenient sandbox to write these kind of multi-threaded code for massive performance gains. So while also optimizing for your thermal control, like you know, you've often heard of people complaining about the battery heating up. Right. You can control that, and your battery life of your players uh, increases, uh, especially on mobile devices. So by moving from an object-oriented to what we call the data-oriented design, uh, it makes it easy for you to reuse your code and for other developers to also understand your code. And that and DOCS, of course, stands for Data-Oriented Technology Stack, and it's all about performance efficiency. And we, in fact, have a tagline for it which just says performance by default. Right, and so the main 
advantage then would be performance, battery life, things like that. And then in terms of the developers trying to write to this new paradigm, you know, so shifting from, as you mentioned, object-oriented to more of this ECS, entity component system-based paradigm, how long do you think that takes, one, for a developer to, to learn how to do, and then secondly, if there's an existing code base, how long would it take to migrate that code base to more of a dots-based architecture? That's a really good question. So my advice to developers usually is to implement dots incrementally, okay. to, to, to integrate it carefully into your existing projects and then keep it up to date. You know, your, the dots package is also is changing. Uh, the APIs keep changing a little bit. Uh, so I always advise you to take a look at the roadmap. But the new, there is a, so it's, it's, a, it's an incremental, incremental change that I, that I advise rather than just going full on with dots on day one. In terms of converting your workflow or you're converting your game to Unity, uh, to this new Docs framework, uh, there is a new conversion workflow that converts your existing game objects to entities with pretty much a click of a button. Okay. So at runtime, you can check the new entity preview inspector to see how Docs has automatically turned your game objects to be, to be entity-based. And with just this simple conversion, you can get this hyper-optimized, streamable data that you typically uh, would need when you're using game objects, the same game objects that you are used to today. Right, and let's say I'm a product manager or I'm a, I'm a planner, I'm going to start working on a new game and we're going to be writing against dots, right? So how, how much time should I kind of budget in for my my development team to learn the dots way of write, of writing code so that you know I have a better understanding of what the potential impact on my development cycle is going to be? So that's a very subjective question. But what I have seen with a lot of people who adopted ECS or who started writing dots is that once you get the hang of ECS, it kind of starts coming along quite easily. And in fact, at this point of time, I think everyone who has worked with dots gets most of how to write it. It's a mind shift, and once you shift, you're, you're all in. Well, that's it. You don't have to really go all in uh, with ECS first. Like I mentioned earlier, uh, you can adopt it gradually, and even by doing very, very small things, you get a really big performance boost, especially when you're thinking about code reusability. Re okay. Uh, so it's a, it's a subjective question. So if you're a project manager and you want to say, like, how, long do you, how long do I developers need to learn all of dots, I would say don't go all in. Yeah. Uh, do it gradually and even making these very minor changes will automatically give you a huge boost in performance. Right. So if we wanted a, a team to get used to writing against dots, would you recommend like a transition phase or maybe they start working on a small side project that's kind of ECS-based first and then work on a new dots-based game or do you think just jump in and start, start going for it? Well, if you have an existing game, yeah. I would recommend that you start making minor changes inside your game to, I'd say, dotify your game rather than going all in. And those conversions are fairly easy to do. Right? You know, have, enabling the burst compiler, for example, is some of the easiest thing that you can do. You just need to add an attribute. That's about it. Or if you uh, or if you know of any data that is being processed in uh, not in parallel to what the gameplay itself is running, for example, a quest system where it's calculating how much XP you're getting, you right. can jobify that, where you can just make it as a separate thread and you can you can abstract it out from your code. So that part of the code is running in a, in a parallel thread. So those are like minor 
changes that you want to make which will have significant impact on it in terms of adopting it itself i would say if you have a side project or if you're starting with a new project i would say just just go all in and then start uh, start tinkering with it if you have an existing project just start making these minor changes and you'll automatically start seeing a, a lot of performance Got it. Okay, so the second big change. Let's now talk about scriptable rendering pipeline. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that is and the benefits of what that would give developers? Uh, so scriptable rendering pipeline uh, is a new open source rendering technology provided by Unity. And it lets developers control exactly what kind of rendering or what is the performance boost that they want out of their rendering pipeline. So Unity includes two built-in SRPs or scriptable rendering pipelines. That's the High Definition Render Pipeline or HDRP and the Universal Render Pipeline. So each render pipeline targets a specific set of use cases and hardware needs. So with your scriptable render pipeline, you can control and tailor your rendering via just C-sharp scripts. So you can either slightly modify or completely rebuild and customize the render pipeline according to needs. Okay, and then would you say that for example, when I ask a lot of Unreal developers whether they would ever use Unity for a console game, they're like, no, 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 no. Is this, do you think, the main gap between developers using Unreal versus Unity for, for console games? Do you expect a lot more console development shift to Unity given this feature? Or Yes. So for console developers, one of the biggest things is memory. Right. Uh, every bit of your hardware is extremely important. At the same time, you also want to utilize that hardware at the same time also have really, really high quality content in here. So with the combination of dots and the high definition render pipeline, you can you are gonna get more and more console games that are triple A quality. We will right. we are working with a lot of companies right now uh, who are working on triple A games using just these two frameworks. And a note about the high definition the pipeline itself is that is that now it's production ready uh, with 2019.3 which got released in Three weeks ago, you, it's completely production ready. So, and we're also building on on real time ray tracing just right now in preview. So, uh, and by the real time ray tracing is a full path, a full frame path tracer with which uh, with ground truth global illumination, and it's built on top of HDRP, which with which you're able to get possibly the best quality that you can get out of a, a, a real time engine. Okay, and then how about on the other side, on the low end? What are the implications of SRP to low-end devices? So for low-end devices, you should definitely be looking at the universal render pipeline. Uh, so bringing the universal render pipeline to parity with the built-in renderer is really revolutionizing the way in which you think about performance, especially when you're looking at low-end devices. So this means that with Unity, your project will look really, really good, look at, look at its best, and it will also perform optimally uh, which means that whichever device that you're going to be publishing your uh, application to be the low-end mobile device or even a low-end or even even a, a high-end device, uh, you know, uh, the same game which is published at both these spectrum of hardware, Universal Render Pipeline caters to that without compromising on quality, quality of the look, and at the same time giving you high performance. Got it. Okay, and then. The last big change that, that I personally thought was um, the biggest ones coming up is netcode. So this is the feature I'm personally most excited about. So just honestly speaking, I've never heard a single good thing about UNet. So just to be honest, that I, you know, that, <laughs> there's been a lot of really bad things said about UNet. 
And I know it's getting deprecated, but can we talk about first, what were the limitations of UNet or why were so many developers not so happy about UNet and what is the big deal with netcode? What will it do and what will it improve that UNet was not able to do? Okay, uh, so as many of you know, and you know that uh, UNet was put into maintenance mode yeah. because we believe that there is a better way forward and that's the new connected game stack or netcode. So primarily, if you look at any kind of game, there is three major things that you need to be considering when you're making a multiplayer game. One is scale, other one is cheating, and then you have latency or anti-cheating methods, and then you have latency. So peer-to-peer -peer technologies, which is what UNet was all about, typically struggle when you try to sync more than, say, 24 players at a time. So for sessions supporting 25 or more players, it's usually a good idea to go to a dedicated server topology or uh, a dedicated server, a game server that you have. Yeah. And that's pretty much what dot, uh, or not, what not uh, netcode is all about. So if your world needs, say, synchronization of 500 objects or even AI, you likely need to move to this dots netcode and UTP and likely consider, uh, consider wow. ensuring deterministic simulation with the new stateless physics that's also built into your uh, into this uh, netcode solution. And when you look at cheating, uh, in comparison to your peer-to-peer -to -peer topologies, uh, game, game clients are the authority of their data. So in these cases, the best the developer can do to attempt uh, to, to have these anti-cheating methods is by sending data to the cloud and then running rules against it and then ban users who have a certain pattern of cheating behavior. But you know, gamers are crafty and they love to uh, reverse engineer these kinds of rules to work around them. So often these developers have to find frustrating, have to play this frustrating game of whack-a-mole. So in that case, again, uh, having a dedicated game server topology is the simplest and it's ultimately the most effective solution to ensure a bad game is played and that also translates into revenue for our developers. So that's that's another reason why UNIT was deprecated or is getting deprecated. And finally, when you when you talk about latency, uh, so fast-paced games like your FPS on either PC or console or mobile usually requires communication between clients to be less than 150 milliseconds. Ideally, I would say it should be around 50 to 100 milliseconds, but 150, anything more than 150 milliseconds, people start seeing a bit of that. So uh, in these cases, having a dedicated game server topology is, is again, a, re a requirement uh, because P2P or peer-to-peer -peer relay roughly doubles the late expected latency per player. And, uh, and you know, it cannot frequently ensure more than 200 milliseconds of latency, and that is kind of unacceptable when you're looking at, uh, when you're looking at fast-paced games especially. So considering all of these notes uh, on, on scale and on anti-cheating and on latency, it makes sense for you to move away from unit and go to this new uh, netcode. And because netcode is deeply integrated with the DOTS framework, like I mentioned previously, you can literally have 500 plus players uh, all running seamlessly through this uh, DOTS framework and at the same time also have synchronization that's happening again through this multiplayer system that's running, uh, that's running on top of the DOTS framework. Great. So Arvin, thanks so much for telling about this. And this all sounds super exciting. So the next question naturally follow is when should developers start integrating these new capabilities into their games? Kind of sounds like Dots is ready now, but kind of sounds like just 
from the chatter I hear, netcode might be a little bit further away. Can you can you comment on the timing? I would definitely keep an ear out for GDC, which is uh, okay. coming out in March. Uh, there are going to be a lot of uh, announcements in terms of what is coming out of preview and what is going to be uh, still in preview and what is what 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 will be production ready. What I can tell you right now is high definition in the pipeline and the script and the universal render pipeline both are out of preview. They are production ready. Uh, beginning 2019.1, uh, universal render pipeline has been ready, so you can start using it right now for your games. And similarly, the high definition render pipeline was out of production, uh, out of sorry, preview, ready for production three weeks ago. Uh, the dots framework is already in preview. You can go to the package manager and start downloading it uh, and and tinker around with it. Yep. Uh, there are going to be changes, uh, uh, minor changes, not not major ones. Uh, essentially, uh, you know, quality of life improvements in terms of the dots API, which will continuously happen, but it's not going to destroy the way you're, you have been building uh, your games uh, previously. And at the same time, the uh, the the netcode is also out in preview. Uh, in fact, you can go to GitHub and you can search for dots sample project. Which yeah. contains a fully playable third-person shooter, a multiplayer third-person shooter, uh, containing the dots framework, the new uh, render pipeline, and the netcode all working together. Uh, so you can uh, search, perform a surgery on top of it to see how how things work. Was that was that working on mobile as well, or was that PC only for now? Currently, the dot sample works only on PC. Okay. But there is no reason uh, it cannot work on mobile. The only reason I'm saying it's, it doesn't work on mobile is because it runs on the high-definition render pipeline, which is meant to run only on high-end devices. Uh, so they convert the project to a universal render pipeline. Okay. So kind of in conclusion, like for me, those were the three things that you talked about that seemed to be really important. Is there anything else that we're missing? That and there were so many things announced, right? All sounds really exciting. I think the artists are most excited about Perforce, but what else should we know about? Well, there is, uh, there are too many features to keep track of. Uh, of course, dots and the render pipeline are the horizontals that pretty much touch every other vertical. One of the other exciting uh, features that I, that I really like is render streaming, where you're able to where your game becomes agnostic to the kind of device that you're playing on. So you can be running your game on the server uh, with the high definition, the pipeline with ray tracing on, but you can still be playing the game on a mobile device, on a browser, on a, on a simple lightweight application. Uh, and it runs via WebRTC. I'm really excited by that. And that also opens up the possibility of esports viewing. So spectating esports becomes easier because anyone can be watching the next big esports on their mobile device while not compromising on the quality of the esports itself. That's coming up. Uh, and like I said, it's more Unity is becoming more than a game engine. It's becoming a, it is a real time platform. So a lot of future technologies like AR and VR are also being developed on top of uh, on top of Unity. So there's a lot of things going on. And you know, but we're rest assured, dots and the scriptable rendering pipeline are going to be the the common stream between all of the new features that's, that's coming through because that is where Unity is headed towards in terms of building future features and uh, future technology. Got it. All right. Well, Arvind, thank you so much for our time. Do you have any final message for our audience? Just keep creating. Uh, we, we, uh, Unity, we love creators. The world is a better place with more creators. So just download Unity and start making games and tell your story. Uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say. All right, great. Thanks a lot, Arvin. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Bye.